friends, benders, and non-benders alike. Welcome to Braving the Elements, Nickelodeon's podcast about all things Avatarverse. I'm Janet Varney. And I'm Dante Bosco. And we're back to book one, The Last Airbender, this week recapping a very popular episode containing a very controversial character, maybe the most controversial character. Yeah. It's episode 10, y'all. Jet. Oh, which, by the way... Way to just name it. And I heard that actually there was a place somewhere in Nickelodeon, like when the show was being made, where I think maybe it was called the Freedom Fighters. I read that on Avatar Wiki. Uh, Shout out to Avatar Wiki. But all due respect to the rest of the Freedom Fighters, how cool is it when it's a one name episode? Jet. I know. It's like just Jet. That's so cool. So cool. It's so cool. It just sets you up for like sort of the whole feel of the character. And for this episode, of course, it was a total no-brainer to invite the voice actor behind this fascinating character of Jet. We're so psyched to be joined this week by Crawford Wilson. And we're going to be talking to him after our recap. I know. I can't wait to catch up with Crawford. It's been a while since we hung out. So I'm looking forward to seeing him later this episode. I know. Me too. Let's get back to book one with Jet. In our last Avatar episode, we discovered the waterbending scroll with the wonderful and our pal Ify Nwadwe. Katara, of course, stole the airbending scroll from pirates. Team Avatar found themselves being chased, captured, not only by the pirates, but by your good friend Prince Zuko as well. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, the gang got away in the nick of time. Surprise, surprise. And now they have this valuable tool, right? To, to improve Aang and Katara's waterbending skills. They stole um, it. Don't steal, you guys. Let's just reiterate <laughs> that right now. They did steal it. It's something they needed. However, don't steal from pirates. Just want to throw that PSA out. That's a good PSA. It's a solid PSA. So y'all know what this episode is. We have the Fire Nation camping out in a forest. That leads to Team Avatar gets caught. They are freed by this mysterious character and his team of freedom fighters. And we'll talk about that more uh, and we'll get into Jet and how complicated he is and, of course, his merry band of misfits, if you don't mind me using a term from a similar other story. Jet tries to convince them to help him to blow up a dam that ultimately he says is going to destroy the Fire Nation soldiers that have occupied this town. But, in fact, we find out that he doesn't have an issue with the fact that all of the people who just live in the town are in her, who are perfectly innocent are probably going to drown as well. And so Katara is really forced to reckon with this impression she had of Jet and what she wants to be true about him and then what really is true about him. And you're so right, uh, Dante, such a controversial character, but also a very beloved character. Beloved, memorable Very, very memorable. This episode uh, was written by James Egan. It was directed by the great Dave Filoni. But the whole idea of being so damaged because of something that's happened to you, that even though you think you're pointed in the right direction, your whole idea of what's right and wrong perhaps has been corrupted by this. And are you going to find the people that will set you back aright? Or are you going to continue down the road of self-delusion, right? Right. And to what cost justice or in this case, maybe revenge is a better word. We have one set of kids saving the world in one aspect and they're running into another set of kids, which is fascinating because like you said, the damage and we're going to get into that and how that affected them in a different way and how they're approaching the war. Oh, so true. It is. It's like a mirror image, but one image is like, this is how it's going down one direction and one's going in another direction. I love that. So are we jumping into the recap? Yeah, let's jump in. Let's go. So here we are. We start out forest of red leaves, mumble chases, bugs, 
gets caught in a pretty cool circular trap. Aang looks for Momo, realizes what's happening. Air bends up to save him, and the trap's back on the ground. Sokka and Katara get him out, and he's got the bug or something else, and he eats it. Two more traps still hanging in the trees, some kind of creature. Aang says, all right, you too. And he airbends up to free them. But Sokka says it's going to take too long. And he whips out his trusty boomerang, which is cool. Like I, he, His boomerang, I didn't know he was that skilled with that I boomerang. I know. He's... And apparently it's so sharp that it just slices the ropes and those kind of cool, I mean, to me they look like cool ceiling lamps, but then they have like some monkeys in there. Yeah. Or monkey-like. Monkey-like. Are they hog monkeys? Are we finally seeing these elusive hog monkeys? We don't know. He busts them out because Aang is not one to want to leave anybody in a trap, which is very sweet. Which is sweet. And Sokka examines, you know, brilliant Sokka examines the traps and says he can tell by the metalwork that they're Fire Nation and they should leave now. And as Aang gets on Appa, Sokka shuts it down. No flying. He explains that Zuko must keep finding them because they can see Appa in the air. I'm not questioning Sokka's uh, instinct, you That's know. right. Not like Katara. That's right. Katara is full on, who made him the boss? He's like, I'm not the boss, I'm the leader. And Katara makes fun of his voice cracking and declares, you know, Aang's the leader, he's the avatar. And then Sokka says, well, he's just a goofy kid. And then we cut to Aang being a goofy kid. I love that he, he knows, agrees. yeah, that he's just like, Which yeah, is great. yeah, I'm goofy. But what's funny is now Katara, she also makes kind of a joke, like, you'd be more chill if you kissed a girl. You start to see them as kids kind of bantering with each other. For sure. Sokka's like, I've kissed somebody, I've kissed girls. And she's like, grand, grand doesn't count. And it's like, very funny because sometimes you don't get to see them as kids because they're on this like epic journey yeah. to like save the world. Yeah. And you want to be like, there was some heat with Suki, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, that's true. But he doesn't, he's, you know, he's just like, grand, grand, no, that's so embarrassing. And yeah, but like at the end of the day, they're going to walk. Aang's down. Aang is, Aang is forever hopeful. <laughs> Who knows? Walking might be fun. Until the very next scene when Aang is like, yeah, walking stinks. And then, you know, Katara is still giving Sokka a hard time. Being brother and sister, you know, chitter-chattering as they walk into this clearing. And guess what? The direction that Sokka's instincts took them led them straight into a Fire Nation camp. And their soldiers there. Worst possible situation Worst ever. possible situation let's go get caught by the Fire Nation when we're trying to avoid the Fire Nation. That Sokka's like, um, what do I got? What do I got? Uh, we won't hurt you if you just let us go. That does not prove successful. No. But before anything too dire can happen to Team Avatar, here we have this guy from up in the treetops. He suddenly jumps down takes the Fire Nation to task. He's got his straw in his mouth, which is an amazing touch. I want to know who had the idea for the straw. Where in the conversation does this idea of him being so cool that he's just like, yeah, whatever, I got a little thing I chew on. It's never going to fall out, you know? I want to know if it's the same dang straw or it's a different straw every time. Jet, you are you replenishing that straw, Jet, or is that same one been in your mouth for the last six months? <laughs> That's, right. That's what I want to know. Please tell me you're cleaning it with something antiseptic. Please tell me you're cleaning it. Uh, so we th- right now, this guy's just a stranger. He's a handsome stranger. He handles all those soldiers with ease. And suddenly more people come from the treetops to help. And in fact, this guy is so good at fighting the Fire Nation that he looks so chill doing it. And Sokka's like, whatever he's doing is so high energy that he almost makes Sokka look dumb. And then, of course, this guy and Katara have this moment. It's like they're meat cute as they say in screenwriting where it's like hey hey 
And you're like, oh, here we go. But they're super accentuating it with the animation. Oh, it's big like, time. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. She looks at him, and it's like the world stands still. <laughs> yes, indeed. Like different color palette. What's going on here? Yes. Super close-ups? What's <laughs> happening? It's like we're in a romance movie all of a sudden. And then we find out it's Jet. He intros his posse. Uh, you know, they've all got amazing names, including, of course, Pipsqueak, which... You know, immediately. Well, he's he he introduces Sneers, amazing. Longshot, fantastic yes. name. Smellerby, maybe the best name. My favorite, Smellerby, Smellerby, Smellerby for forever. The, the Duke. Duke, and then Pipsqueak. Of course, Aang assumes that Pipsqueak is a little Pipsqueak of a person, and says like, "Oh, that's a really silly, funny name." And then the giant dude is like, "You think my name is funny?" And Aang doesn't miss a beat. He just goes, "Yeah, it's hilarious." And there's that silence, and sure enough. Pipsqueak laughs along. He's down with it. He thinks it's funny, too. And that seems like, okay, these guys seem to be getting along. I love when you get these kind of like lost boy characters with their names. Because, you know, kids, if they're going to do their Lord of the Flies thing, they're going to do away with their own names for sure. Day That's one. That's right. Like, I'm no longer Dante. My name now is... Rufio? I'm sorry, Rufio? Rufio? Rufio. I guess I'll be Rufio. I mean, you were to talk about the Lost Boys, which is very appropriate in this circumstance. But like Smellerby, Pipsqueak, all these kind of things. Sneers. Sneers. I might want to be Sneers. It's amazing that Rufio himself is inside of this episode as Zuko hanging out with these very much Lost Boys and girls. Some of these could be a they. And I love them. They're rapscallions. And they're hanging out together, and they're uh, they're basically tossing the Fire Nation camp, right? They do. The gang pillages the empty Fire Nation camp, and the Katara and Jet chat. They have an instant connection. Mm-hmm. Smellerby finds barrels filled with blasting jelly. Pipsqueak finds jellied candy. And they're going back to the hideout. Team Avatar's excited. Sokka, first he grabs a rope, and, and he gets pulled up, screaming. Yeah, he was not and expecting to be like, shot up into the treetops. I think no, none of us were there. I was like, what, yeah. what just happened? I thought for a second he got pulled into a trap. Like, Jet was like, I'm going to throw you in That's a trap. That's what it looked like. But it actually was, I guess, their elevator up. And then Aang's like, nah, nah, I can do this on my own. And then Katara rides with Jet in a very romantic moment. Like, the world turned into, like, this golden world. All the edges got blurry. <laughs> right. I mean, her eyes got real, like... So they're up in the trees, and we see an amazing system of tree houses spanning from multiple trees with bridges. And It's so cool. He's like, up here, we're safe from being discovered by the Fire Nation. A few years back, the Fire Nation took over a nearby town in the Earth Kingdom. Jet and his courts have been ambushing them ever since, and one day they'll drive them out for good. Katara's, like, dazzled by all this kind of, like, bad boy, vigilante, kind of, like... Batman talk. That's like, damn, right. this guy's a superhero, and he's a good fighter. She's already saw he's yeah. She already saw he's really, really sexy with the swords. He can kick butt, and he looks cool. His outfit's great. It's pretty cool. It's great cosplay. He has that one shoulder pad. We love to see the jets out there. Oh, so good. And Sokka like is not impressed. Like, no, it's a very funny moment. Sokka falls back behind uh, Katara and Jet. And uh, Jet reveals that the Fire Nation killed his parents, we get a little heavy, when he was eight years old. And Katara empathizes because she also reveals that she lost her mother to the Fire Nation. That's some more backstory we get on these kids and kind of see 
a little more heaviness of what's going on. Absolutely. Well, I love your point. I mean, that's that just hits home so hard with what you were talking about earlier, which is that mirror image of each other. It's like, well, they both lost their parents. How has it changed them? What has it helped turn them into? And the answer becomes right. two very different things. But in this moment, they feel like they're walking side by side and they feel like they are looking in the mirror of like, oh, my gosh, I see you. That's a very romantic idea. And it takes the episode kind of deconstructing that, pulling them further and further apart, even if Katara doesn't even know what's happening yet. Right. I wanted to quickly shout out Jet's design, specifically his hairstyle. I think it's maybe the art book that draws a quick reference to Spike's design from Cowboy Bebop. And we wow. definitely, we teased this, we foreshadow reported this a couple seconds ago, but Dave Filoni designed that forest and Jet's hideout. And he is, I'm sure it will come as no surprise to anyone, a Star Wars dude. And so the forest is a genuine reference and loving kind of homage to the Ewoks forest village in Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi. Love that. I wouldn't have minded seeing an Ewok or two. They're very cute. I know. Would that be cool? Uh, he just like hides a little Ewok in the tree. That'd be amazing. Amazing Easter egg. Wicket's over there. Just hide down somewhere. Oh, yeah. Wicked. In the original sketches of the hideout, he even referred to the middle section of the trees where the hideout was located as the Ewok area. And yet, in Avatar Extras, which is the kind of DVD commentary, there's a reference to House of Flying Daggers and, and that being part of the inspiration for the forest. Wow. So I think it's probably a combination. It just goes to show we're all influenced by stuff that comes before us and we love it. And if you pay tribute to something... That's great because you're also building your own story on top of that and you are telling your own story. So it's I think it's I love when people tip their hat to stuff. It's just like just also be making your own thing, which this show very yeah, much is. Totally. But this it's it's also a lot of artists and writers and creators kind of having a conversation through art, you know. Oh yeah, oh yes. The conversation through art. A million years ago, I asked uh, some fans on Twitter about what place they would most like to go in book one. And a ton of people said Jet's Treehouse. As an example, MX Nick, Doug, they were dying to go there. And Lainey, Jess, and Ian just wanted to like know more about those peripheral characters that we've just met. I feel like a spinoff. A, definitely a Jet and the, and the crew spinoff is a no-brainer. Prime, prime, prime. All right, let's uh, let's go to a quick break, and then we'll come back with more of Jet. And we're back. We're back in the episode in that evening as Appa pokes his head through the treetops and startles some birds. The gang gets ready to eat dinner and celebrate their win over the Fire Nation soldiers. Jet rallies the troops, and he sits back down with Katara, and he tells her that he was impressed by her and Aang's bending. Jet's so cool. He thinks everyone else is cool. This is the part of the episode like we all. Yeah. We're in love with Jet. He seems like the perfect person. Oh, absolutely. He's like Robin Hood. Yeah. You know, he's working everybody up like, yeah, we got this, everybody. And I couldn't have done it without you. I love you. I love you. I love you. We got totally. this. And everyone's like, you're the best. And then he wants to enlist Katar and Aang to do what he's doing. Sokka's still a little weary of the situation. Yeah. And he says they have to leave tomorrow. He's not He's not 100% down with Jet at the moment. And he says, Jet, he, you know, they have their mission. But then Jet says he has a special mission for Sokka. And so he starts, mm -hmm. I don't want to say manipulating. I mean, I think can you can say, say it. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, it's clear that Sokka, it, you, it, it, it seems clear that Jet is good at reading people. Right. And so he feels like he's right. kind of, he's got, he's already got, quote unquote, got Aang and Katara. And now he sees Sokka's hesitation and he kind of intuits like, oh, what if this guy needs to feel more important? You know what I mean? Here he is with his sister who's a bender with the avatar. 
And he's not, you know, so maybe if I make him feel like I've got something that's just for him, and it actually it kind of does work because you see Sokka like perk up. It does, but Sokka totally is a sucker. And so the <laughs> next day we see Jet and the whole company, and, and we hear Bird call, you know, him Bird calling to each other. And then Sokka plunges his blade into a tree because it amplifies vibrations of approaching people. So it's the first time that we're like, oh, nice job, buddy. It goes back to, again, that Sokka knows a lot of things. Yep. I mean, he is, you know, the, the jack of all trades yep. kind of thing. But, you know, I actually heard recently that the full quote to that quote is, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Now I feel so much better because I have been called that so many times, and I know you have too. That's the actual <laughs> quote. That's the actual That's quote. And I think that almost sums up Sokka. I agree. Completely. I agree. I think that is a fabulous, fabulous quote to lay on Sokka. He is doing a great job. He's the one who realizes quickly, like, somebody's coming, right? Because he's got that amplified vibration of approaching people. And who is it? Just like a, a little old it's man. It's an old man. Jet is unfazed. But guess what? Jet just accosts the old man. This is when you start to feel like, what? Like, Hold on a second, Jet. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. What are you, What's going on? you doing? And the, the king jumps on him. Everyone's down. I mean, he is Fire Nation. He's a Fire Nation old man. For, yeah, but he's like real. super frail and he's like begging for mercy. Like nothing about him feels threatening in any way. No, he's not everyone in the Fire Nation are like a bunch of jerks, you guys. There's some cool, regular Fire Nation people like my man, the old man here, just walking across the forest. I love, All right? I could not love more like my man, the old man. <laughs> like my man, the old man. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And Sokka is definitely like, hold up, hold up, hold up. What are you doing? This is so wrong. And Jet's just like, no, he's from the Fire Nation. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I see Fire Nation. That's all I see. Yeah, Ooh. Jet hates anyone from the Fire Nation, whether they're an actual bad person or not. He's just tunnel vision. Yeah, and uh, and and it's another lesson for us to learn in this episode regarding that kind of heavy, heavy prejudice. Even though it can be steeped in in pain, which we find out later in the episode. Yeah, this is a great way of us finding out why somebody could be misdirected into really bad decisions and it doesn't make them right it doesn't mean that you support that but it is a way of understanding it and we're seeing it through Sokka's lens now but meanwhile back at the treehouse Aang is just like zip lining all around reminding us all that we in fact do want to be hanging out in Jet's hideout because zip lining is so rad good. you know what's crazy about the whole treehouse thing it's like there's something in all of our minds as kids that we thought if we ever had to run away from home and live on our own that's how we're living yeah 100%. Including kids like me who were afraid to climb trees. Somehow I still imagined right. that I would be in a tree But house. we knew it's like, if I have to run away because my parents are treating me so bad, I'm going to live good up in the trees. That's right. That's right. And I'm going to have all the little baby fireworks I want, and I'm going to scare Momo with them. It is going to be awesome. Momo, of course, like immediately is scared by Aang having them, and then he just like grabs them from Aang and fully like ends up scaring Aang with more of the snaps. And Katara comes out and asks Sokka, if Jet is back because Sokka's now returned and Sokka's in his like all business grumpy mode and is like yeah yes but right. we are leaving and Katara's like oh what do you know what no we're not we, I don't think we can leave right now and Sokka is just like no you don't understand this is not cool and just Katara's just not there she cannot get herself there still got goo goo eyes for Jet Ugh. and uh, Jet's a thug like Sokka's trying to tell his sister like Jet 
is not a good person. Katara has clearly told Jet, so like she heard the version from Sokka, and now she's hearing the version from Jet. Katara's like, so... I noticed you didn't mention that the old man was Fire Nation and that he was an assassin, so that he was sent to kill Jet. Like, she's decided that his version of the story right. is right. And and Sokka's like, that is so not what happened. More exactly. manipulation. More manipulation yeah. going on, right? But Sokka wants to go nonetheless. Jet says, please stay and help since the Fire Nation is planning to burn the forest. Which is, that's a hardcore thing to say. Like... You don't want to. You're not going to skip out if somebody's like, "Oh, by the way, they're going to burn a forest down." Right, and that I mean that was pretty much made up at the moment, right? He doesn't I'm, know I'm, if that's going to happen. I mean, obviously, if someone's going to burn the forest, all of us are like, "No, we got to be here to help save the forest." Who doesn't want to do that? So Katara accuses Sokka of just not liking Jet because yeah. he's jealous, and so Sokka says his instincts say he's trouble. Instincts. Sokka's instincts are back. Yeah, yeah. The instincts from the beginning of the show. That's right. Right. And Katara says her instincts is she wants to help Jet. And then Aang, Aang goes along with yeah, a ca- Katara. Say, not super course. surprising there. Of course Aang goes along with Katara. <laughs> so that night, Sokka hears Jet and follows the gang as they head out with a wagon filled with barrels. The barrels that we remember from the beginning of the episode, which is that the explosive jelly. That's right. right? That's right. We know that they got those from the Fire Nation and Sokka has right. like clearly been waiting up, wondering if something he's going to catch somebody at something. And sure enough, there they are loading out these wagons. Where are they going? And he's going to the dam. So they're about to go to the dam, and he's explained to Sokka that they're going to blow the dam up. So we find out that Jet is going to blow the dam, and we overhear that. Like, we're with Sokka as he overhears that. And even we even hear his own crew. Like, Smellerby is like, are we really, like, are we sure we're going to do this? Like, are we really? And he's like, oh, yeah, they're not important. They don't matter. Right. They're questioning Jet for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, again, is pretty, this is like one of the craziest moments in the show where you're seeing these kids do something that's going to, you know, be very damaging yeah. to a lot of people. And, and them kind of wrestling with that idea. And, and their leader going, they're not important. Yeah, and so all of this has been taking place like at that those early hours right before the sun comes up. So as this has kind of been going on, the sun has come up. By now it's daylight, it's morning, and and Sokka full on accuses Jet. He has nothing to lose at this point in his mind. Full on accuses him of being like a would be murderer. And furthermore, right. this idea that he's lying to Katara and Aang about the Fire Nation burning down the forest because he now knows like. I didn't hear you say anything about that. You were just on all about blowing up the dam. That's clearly what you're really after here. And Jet immediately has an answer. Is just like, no, the lying is necessary because they don't understand what's wartime, the mentality of wartime. So you don't get it. You're the one who doesn't get it. I'm a big grown up. I've gone through it all. And this is sometimes what you have to do to get the job done. You got to lie to people because that's what's going to get it done. And Sokka is super defiant and is like, no, 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 no. And Jet at that point um, is like, you know, pipsqueak, smellerby, we can't have Sokka tell Katara and Aang about this. So why don't you just take Sokka for a long walk? And he says a it with like a super creepy significance where you're like, uh, that can't be good. I know. So it's like a mob hit. Like, take him for a walk in the desert. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. I don't want to go to the desert. Yeah. No, go take a walk in the desert. Super scary. Super scary. And then meanwhile, so we know... We're on the side, again, of having the information, right? We still know Katara and Aang do not have that information. And in fact, 
to make matters worse, later on, they're like apologizing for Sokka. So as Sokka's being marched off to who knows where, they're meantime like, oh, we're so sorry, Sokka. You know, he's just right. like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, so sad. And Jed is super magnanimous. This is like, oh, no, no, no. It's I totally know. fine. You know what? He apologized. Like, it's great. I'm a great guy. Right. At the same time, Jed has manipulated Katara and Aang into using their waterbending powers to kind of milk out the geysers to be the water that's going to destroy the town. Yeah, full on opposite of what he really wants to have happen. And he's telling them. I mean, that is dark. It's like a super villainous. I mean, if we didn't, if Jet wasn't so charismatic and so cool and such a good fighter and dashingly handsome. Yeah. I mean, he is running. He's handsome. a villain. He's like a super villain. He, it's he like, this is crazy. Is. He definitely is. And they get to the geyser holes and Jet's like, you know, do this, do this. And this is, this is an important moment for Katara because she's, she says, you know, I've never bent water that I can't actually see. And he really encourages them. So she feels, you know, her with her kind of like moments of insecurity with being a waterbender here. She has this handsome dude who's paying her all this attention. Now he's encouraging her, telling her how amazing she is. He's not even worried about it because she's amazing. And, and it's working. Avatar. And, and it's it working. You're absolutely it's right. It's working. It fully works. And water rushes into the riverbed and feeds that. Little bad boy oh, in your life. A little so, bad boy in her life. So bad. A little bad boy in her life. This is a real, like, me yelling at the screen a little bit. Like, this is one of those episodes where I'm like, oh, no. As if you can change anything. But still, it's like I know. coming but out. But it's like, so, no. I mean, the whole time it is horrible to watch. But at the same, I mean, I still like Jet. He's such a controversial character. You like, you. Throughout the show, you're, I'm always going back and forth with the guy. Yeah, I get it. Always. I totally get it. And so it works. To your point, it works. It's flooding, and he is like, okay, great. Well, I'm just going to go check you know, check the dam, make sure that everything's looking good there. Why don't you go ahead and meet, meet me at the hideout? And Katara's like, no, no, we'll go down to the reservoir. And he's like, no, 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 no. I really think you should meet me at the hideout because, of course, he does not want them to find out what he's doing. But they end up finishing the waterbending early, and Katara... <laughs> sadly because she wants to be with jet is like i think we should go to the reservoir and that's you know that her crush on him is what exposes him in that way right because totally. otherwise she, they would have gone back to the hideout exactly and then we cut back with Sokka and pipsqueak and smellerby and Sokka tries to reason with them they say he's a great leader and everything always works out and Sokka looks over and recognizes the fire nation traps with the leeching nuts in them from earlier in the episode then he flees, and they give him a chase, and then, bam, Smillerby and Pipsqueak get caught up in the traps. But actually, Pipsqueak was not even tripping about it. He's like, I got an enforced break. I'm on break right now. Yeah, like he wasn't even, had no idea. He, was, he, he felt like he didn't really want to do what he was doing anyway, to me. That's a good point. That's a good point. They both seemed yeah. reluctant. And in fact, I think this is a fun time for us to mirror a segment that we did when the Fire Nation soldiers were charged with guarding Aang. This is kind of a mirror image of that. It's our segment, You Had One Job! And in this case, Smellerby and Pipsqueak had one job. They were just supposed to take Sokka for a long walk. Who knows what that really means, but it certainly was not supposed to entail them ending up getting caught in those Fire Nation traps and Sokka getting away. So this is a little, You Had One Job! But in this circumstance, like the last one, we're happy that they didn't do their one job right. We're happy that they did their job right. We also, they're also kids. They're kids. They're also kids. So it's not like the guards. The guards had the one job, but these are like adult soldiers. Yes. These are kids in the field. They're like, the dam's getting blown. I'm not about it. I don't care. We ain't over there. 
I was like, okay. exactly right. And so we go back to the dam, and now, finally, we see Katara and Aang are getting the true view because they are seeing that the team is placing that blasting powder at the dam's base. Aang is like, hold up, hold up, hold up. They're going to blow up the dam. And Katara still, still. Chet, Chet wouldn't do that. Katara, all the girls with the bad boys think that bad boy ain't going to do what the bad boy can do, but that bad boy can do many things. (laughs) And he about to blow that dam up. And Aang is like, okay, no, let me stop this. And he tries to get on his glider to stop it. He barely gets a foot before Jet just sweeps in, just takes the glider and he is right. responding, as all of this is happening, he is fully responding to Katara saying, Jet wouldn't do that. He swings in, got the glider, and is like, yes, I would. We see some more really great fight. I mean, Jet's, quite, Jet's not a bender, and Jet is holding his own against the Fire Nation soldiers, yeah. against Aang. He's like, this dude is the truth. Oh, yeah, we're about to have an epic fight between them. Yeah. And she's like, and Katara's crush, why? Why, Jet, why? And I listen, I'm not hating on Katara. I get it. I fully get it. But Jet is like, you know, look, we have to get the Fire Nation so that they can't ever hurt anyone again. And he's now really disappointed in Katara. Like, oh, I thought, you know, you lost your mom. I thought you understood what this is like, what I'm going through. And Katara suddenly looks around, you know, she like now it's dawning on her and she's like, wait a minute. Like, again, this is a controversial thing of Jet. It's a compelling argument in the heat of everything. It's compelling, but the innocent people that live there, it's when you're so broken that you feel like all you can do is protect your own. Totally. And everybody else's collateral damage. And that happens all the time, including in choices that America, the United States, has made. So And other countries. At some point, everybody. And like like again, not condoning Jet's reasoning or actions, yeah. but it's like the controversy, the character is a, such a real character in this world. And of course, we've dealt with all these heavier themes. So at this point in the show, even me as an audience member, I'm like, is he going to blow... Yeah. Is he really going to blow the dam? Are they really going to yeah. let him blow up this dam? And I was, yeah, I'm really on the edge of my seat watching it at this moment. Now Katara's like, wait, whoa, 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 hold on. Before anything else happens, you know, where is Sokka? And he kind of goes at her and she water bends him away and she fully knocks him to the ground. And so it's like, okay, we, no, 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 this is over. Our conversation is over. We got to stop this. Aang is going to try to get, you know, his glider. He can't get it. And this thus begins this like intense fight, which starts with Aang saying, I'm not going to fight you. Right. It's this whole sequence. Right. That is like you think it's going to end before it begins because Aang airbends up into a tree and is like, I'm not going to fight you, Jet. And Jet's like, oh, aren't you? And basically just tears after him. Right, D? I mean, he goes after him. We have an epic fight. Jet is an amazing fighter. He's really holding his own against the Avatar. Those blades? Are you kidding me with those blades? Those He's hooks? He's winning, actually. Sorry, I know I said the name. I know. The hook. Word hook. We got the Lost but... Boys. We got Hook. We have a lot of things. <laughs> this is a very heavily, uh, you know, has that, my feels of other past characters in my career. And again, if That's I didn't right. play Zuko, I would love to have played Jet for sure. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you would have killed it. 
Absolutely. So yeah, he's got his blades and then, you know, we got them bounding through the treetop branches a little bit. There was a little bit of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in there from my memories, you know, just like some of that amazing fancy footwork. It's some of the coolest animation. I think they did a lot of different things in this episode. All these like kind of really like the way the the animation is moving and the fighting style and the changes of color with Katara and, and Jet looking at each other. And then the fighting just, it was really exciting. You really see, again, how much Aang wants to be a pacifist. Like, he truly, he's just continually barely defending himself. He is trying to just stay out of the way. And he airbends just, like, in these moments where he feels like he absolutely has to. And it's just not working. Like, this is just not happening. And so, finally, Aang really has to just fully airbend super defensively. And he does kind of blow this blast of air so strong in that really cool sort of spirally squiggle. That's not a very cool way to describe it, but what can I say? I love the word squiggle. Tornado of some sort. Twister. And Jet does fall, but... He's as he's falling, he fully catches himself by using those hook blades. This guy's like Spider-Man up in here. He's like Terminator 2. Oh wait, Terminator 2 just has those weird hook things too. He fully is like, I this is happening. And so Aang is soaring through the air. And at some point, and it happens so fast, but it seems like Jet gets behind him and manages to swing a branch behind Aang that like bumps against him from the back and then knocks Aang straight face first into a huge branch and Aang is knocked out and then just falls like forever to the ground. To the ground. I was a little bit concerned with that too. I was like, that yeah. That's not good. And as like a just a quick aside, if you had the opportunity to listen to some of the extras like that are on like the DVD version of The Last Airbender, there's a mention of Mike and Brian and the rest of the gang being inspired by Naruto and Samurai Champloo animes. Um, so, like a lot of the Naruto fighting takes place in forests uh, with all these really tall trees that are at least six stories high. So if you are a fan and you recognize that style, you're right. It came from, you know, there's some inspiration coming from that too. So this is there's a lot of tips of the hat to so many different cool other fandoms happening in this episode, which you right. mentioned earlier. So what happens? So we've got Aang on the ground. So Aang is knocked out, and then we're with Jet. He's on the ground with Katara, and she's busting some pretty sweet water bending moves. Now Katara's full on in the fight, including freezing the water at his feet up to his legs, which I think this may be the first time we start seeing her. I think you're right. Right, so she's freezing ice around his entire body. He's trapped against a tree. Aang is okay. Katara asks, why, Jet? She's horrified. You're sick and I trusted you. Of course, she's, you know, when you get betrayed, you feel that that feeling of betrayal, finally. Sokka's like, damn. I mean, I feel like the brother now. Like, I've been telling you, my dude's a madman. I know. I know. We all are. Collectively, we're all like, oh, I know. He's... He's not good. He's not well. And then as that's happening, of course, we start hearing the tree the tree hideout whistles. Right. So we know something's up because we know this is the form of communication that the whole gang, uh, Jack's whole gang uses. Totally. And the whistling's going on, and it's like, the damn. And is it too late? We don't know. Aang tries to use the glider, but it's broken. Sokka is their only chance. It's like, Sokka. We don't know what Sokka's doing. And then Katara and Aang watch as a flaming arrow hits a blast powder on the dam. Again, another great shot. And this is a so- shock, right? But And this is like, I, the, I remember the first time I saw this, I could not believe it. I was like, well, obviously Sokka's going to appear and somehow right. the dam isn't going right. to blow up. 
but it I blows know. I was up, like, oh my goodness. the water rushing to the town. It's like, what happened? No, this Again. is not the last airbender. That's not how this is supposed to go. And then they show it, the huge wall of waters rushing into the city. Waters everywhere. You see, like, they flooded this town. And very sadly, a doll floats past, like, the screen. Uh, oh. Katara calls Jet a monster. Jet's celebrating. He calls out his victory. The Fire Nation is gone, and this valley will be safe. He's still Jet. You just, you know, basking in, 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 in his win, you know, to a degree. Yeah, absolutely. And then we hear Sokka's voice. It will be safe without you. And he arrives riding Akka with Momo. And we find out he warned the villagers to evacuate. And at first they didn't believe him. But then the old man vouched for him. Everything came back around. The whole thing came back around. Uh, my, my man, the old uh, man, vouched for Sokka. How about the way, all of a sudden, we've never seen this before. Sokka is talking about what he did, that he told the villagers. And the animation totally changes and it's like this illustration on almost like a parchment, as if you're reading right. you're you're reading the old tome that's this telling the story with with visuals of what happened. And it just looks so cool. It's such a great choice. And so we see that kind of sequence where we find out that yes, Sokka warned them in advance. They were able to evacuate. And then we have the the closure of the little girl who sees her doll, the one that yes. we saw floating earlier that we're like, no. She sees her and she picks her up. Mrs. Pretty. Exactly. Which is just a great, really great, funny little moment. And then we're back to the drama. We're immediately back and Jet's like... Sokka's a traitor. Jet calls Sokka a traitor. And Sokka's like, no, Jet. You become a traitor when you stop protecting innocent people. Yeah, they leave Jet frozen. They're like, we're out of here. And Sokka gives Appa a yip yip. His instincts have like paid off finally. And he's come a long way with Appa. I always think that whenever he's like... Yip yipping Appa. I'm always like, oh, yeah, that first episode, no clue. No clue what was going on that first episode. That's right. So once they're back in flight and they're all safe together, Aang is like, oh, you know, I like Sokka, I thought you would be headed for the dam. And Katara is like, wait, wait, wait. You know what? I bet the reason that he went to the village instead of going to the dam is his instincts. So it's our final callback to his instincts about Jet. But on the way, uh, out there like you know Sokka realized he's going the wrong way again his instincts were wrong at the moment that's right that's right yeah he's like he tries to be all humble he's like but you could it's that it's that fake humble it's like he's crowing you know he's like well sometimes my instincts are right classic right. like getting getting a little too big for his britches and of course to your point that is the exact moment that someone has to tell him uh, you're going the wrong you know, way actually uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes my instincts are wrong. Sometimes uh, they're wrong. As society, we're always taught, like, trust your instincts. Trust your in- your instinct is this and this this and that. And what they're talking about in the episode is sometimes your instincts are wrong. I mean, Jet's instinct is to blow the dam up. Like, our learned things from our past and from damage and things like that. And it's not like some, like, yeah. absolute, like, your instinct is always right. This has really become one of my favorite, ep- even though there's no Zuko in this episode, this has got to be one of my favorite episodes, theme-wise, character-wise, the fighting scenes, the style of what's going on. Um, it, it, I love this episode. 
I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. It is, it's, there's a sophistication to all of the choices that are made in this right. episode from the anima- animation to the writing to the characters that I think it's like we almost, we turn a corner with this episode in some way, especially when it's trauma. The connection that you can feel you form with someone so quickly if you've both suffered through the same thing or something that is relatable and similar can be very seductive and, and understandably, and it can also be, incredibly healing if you find that right person and you do have that connection but you might want to assume the best about that person and you might feel like oh if they went through this then they are just like me in every other way but you can't stretch that into accepting reasoning that may be unsound just because you want to connect with someone doesn't mean that you can't also ask more questions because if you're a person who lets anger color every decision then other people stop mattering it's hard to navigate how to kind of teach that in in an, in, an, in an animated show, and it's so nuanced. But they did such a great job of like maneuvering through it and really telling the story and 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 showing that. So it's so. I mean, it's one of my. That's probably one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite episodes. Totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, real quick, just a moment of lightness. You know, listen, we don't see the cabbage merchant in this, but I do feel like we do have a tip of the hat to the cabbages in general. Uh, they are very significantly placed. It's like the first and only real thing you sort of see be toppled by this water. So listen, friends, if you want to shout out how many cabbages you think are in that scene and how many it affects the total for our cabbage count so far, give us a shout on social media. Uh, where are we with our cabbage count And then that kind of takes us to most valuable bending and most valuable non-bending moments. For me, just most memorable is Katara bending the water into ice around Jet, I think. Right? Her having the power to freeze someone to a tree is pretty valuable. valuable. Especially when has been weakened. Yeah, and memorable. Yeah, and Aang has been kind of knocked out down for the count. So I agree with you on that. Um, most valuable non-bending. I mean, there's a hmm. lot that goes on It depends on who here. you're talking about, to I mean, who, which side, doing what. I mean, there's so much non-bending going on. That's a good point because, like, for example, you could say that Sokka's, Sokka's ability to get away from Pipsqueak and Smellerby, that's the only thing that allowed him to then do the very valuable non-bending of warning the village. But had he not gotten himself out of that scrape with True. them then he could Look, have even done that. So for I think I'm early in the that. episode, just the fact that Jet's non-bending up the tree with Katara next to him would probably be Katara's like best non-bending moment in her life in that moment. <laughs> the right. way they animated that, she's looking at him like this dude hangs <laughs> the moon and the video. sun and all the stars in between. And he's flying. That looks amazing. But later on we find out it ain't all what it's cut. And for, for the crew, a non-bending moment that would be most valuable for them is probably when Longshot hit that long arrow and exploded the dam because like they're like we won oh you are definitely giving it from different perspectives of who wants what to happen i appreciate that i appreciate that i'm gonna go with fire nation my man old man coming in and vouching for Sokka because my man old man really saved the day Sokka saved the day but he saved the day with Sokka and he's Fire Nation, so I'm giving up You're to my right. Fire Nation Ooh, old that's man. That's a good choice. That's a really good choice. Like, it wouldn't happen without Sokka, but also Sokka wouldn't happen without your old man. Your man, the old man. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
this is very exciting because this is leading us into our conversation with someone we bragged about having right up at the top. A very, very special guest. That's right. Guest. All right. So without any further ado, welcome our special guest to the podcast, Jet himself. Give it one time for Crawford. Crawford, what's up, man? Craw Daddy. We like to call you Craw Daddy around these parts. <laughs> we do? Yeah, buddy. Oh, that's good to know. Good yeah. to know. I've been missing that opportunity. Uh, just a little nickname Dante put together, <laughs> but you know. I don't mind it. How you doing? Oh, man. During these crazy times, you know, making the most of it, I guess, is the best way to put it. Um, but life is good. Life is good. Been spending a lot of time in Mexico on the beach oh, surfing. Nice. So, uh, you know, just doing uh, my best to stay, uh, you know, in a good mindset and peaceful and, um, you know, enjoying life. That's so awesome. For people out there, you understand that, of course, a lot of fans out there that love the show. And so... In a lot of ways, my man Crawford Wilson is very jet-like. I think, as I mean, in the in the good on the good side, we hope on the good side. No, in, no, in the good side. Yeah, not in the um, uh, mind-controlled side, but yeah, I, I'll take that as a compliment. In the adventurous side, absolutely. You've been an actor for a long time. Yeah, since I mean, when we met, I was a young teenager. A young um, teenager. A young teenager. Now I'm a. Grizzly veteran. <laughs> grizzly veteran. <laughs> you know, grizzly veteran working on being a man. Do uh, you have I do you have memories of, of Jet when you played him? I do. I do. I have memories of sitting in a circle with the cast and, and doing our sessions. Uh, I got memories of meeting you, Dante. Yeah. And being like, oh my gosh, that's Rufio. Like, <laughs> which is so funny because you a lot know? of people bring up about the the similarities between Rufio and Jet. That's, a, that's like I mean, well, your because crew it, is like it, Lost Boys, kind of. It it is. I mean, the whole our treehouse up in the trees, the Freedom Fighters. Freedom Fighters, uh, is so Lost Boy treehouse. Totally Lost Boy treehouse. Um, Rufio, Jet, I feel have a, a lot of similarities as well. Um, so I guess you could say we're connected. We are, we are definitely connected. And you know. did you see a picture of Jet before you voiced him? I did not. Um, and then when I saw it, I was like, wow. Oh, I mean, he's cool. I was like, this guy, I mean, the, the straw the in the straw. mouth. The, what a t- in, what's up in with the, that straw in, in, in the mouth? You got to get to the bottom the of the straw scene? in the mouth. Okay, I think it's just a like, you know, it's kind of that swaggy, cool guy. Um you know, just the fact that he can fight yeah. and never lose it. That's so cocky. I will say one of the coolest shots, though, where they slow-mo the chop and Jet oh. ducks it and leans back and they, and they razor slice off the top of his, of his straw. And it's a total Matrix move. Totally. There were so many shots in this particular episode, all these like really cool action shots and also romantic shots. Like Katara would look at oh. Jet Oh, okay. So up the like, tree, going up the tree. That's exactly like, what I was gonna say. And they kind of slow mo it for a second. I'm like, what's going on here? Shine the light with a little bit of romance oh, music no. in the in the background, and it's kind of like the whole dreamy um, vibe. I mean, Jet, he's such a cool character. Yeah, there are. I mean, he's probably the most controversial character in the whole series. Totally. That's what I was gonna say. He. You he think? Every scene contradicts the way you perceived him in the last scene. Great. Oh, that's a great way of putting it. When the gang walks into the Fire Nation and I come down with the Freedom Fighters 
And then, you know, they, they do the little romance with uh, Katara. And then one of my favorite uh, shots is at the end, they figure out Jet's really trying to, to drown the village. Yeah. And she hits him with the Sub-Zero. Yeah, she, she hit him with the Sub-Zero. The, the Sub-Zero. And moment. it's like the first time, the, the first time you see kind of like, you know, she can, it's not just water bending. Yeah, it's sub I don't know how else to describe it. It's the ice, the ice stuck to the tree. She froze you out. And then gave yeah. me a piece of her mind, you know, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't see well, that coming. It's such a, it's, he's such a great character too, because obviously we have Zuko and the Jet character is such an amazing character in terms of like being able to juxtapose him with Zuko because you have this like right. two bad boys, right? Yeah. And they both fulfill some of those tropes about like the romantic bad boy. Yeah. He really helps build out like, wow. So Zuko is the quote unquote bad there's boy. There's badder boys. But there's we've badder already boys. Seen there's badder boys. We've already seen that he spares people and that he's not out. He's not thinking so irrationally that like everyone else is collateral damage. And then Katara has that experience that you see in the movies where it's like, oh, she fell for the bad boy. And it does not work out. She was falling hard for the bad boy. Crawford, do you ever think when you're doing it, obviously you knew you were doing bad stuff because you play the character, but. Think about it. it's a cartoon with kids, and then they got this. First of all, his name is Jet. Jet's just a cool name. Like it screams bad. It boy. screams bad boy. And then he's like, "Guess what? I'm gonna kill the whole town. I don't care." He glosses over it. He glosses over it. He never directly says, "Yes, I am killing Earth Kingdom people." He's always like, "But the Fire Nation." It's because it stems from a good place of his, you know, ang- his anger towards the Fire Nation, but you know. I know. And he kept, like, manipulating Katara, too. Like, what about your mom, Katara? She died for Fire Nation, right? Let's do this. You and me. Let's drown the whole town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He kept, he kept trying to swear. And then, meanwhile, he had the, the other freedom fighters take Katara's right. brother, you know, and uh, he kind of, I guess, lied, you would say. Got to shout out, you know, Smeller B. Smeller B and uh, Sme- Smeller B. Smeller B. The whole crew. Okay. There we go. Yeah. And I'm telling you, Crawford could play Jet in real, the live action version of, of Jet. He could play, and also live real action. live action Jet clearly surfs. I, so I agree. I agree. We I, can, I I we relate on a lot of uh, on a lot of similarities, and just the clubhouse is pretty cool. Oh you know? yeah, of course. Have you ever seen anyone cosplay Jet? I don't. I don't believe I have. And I know uh, Dante. Last time we hung out, uh, pre pandemic, I was even I was unaware that. Um, there were so many uh, online like all the fan art. anime yes. drawings oh. and I guess self-made edit edited videos of of Zuko and Jet having a relationship. Oh. Zuko and Jet, yeah, Juko. It's called Juko. From fighting to romance, and you were showing me this, and I was like, my mind was blown. Juko might be a little toxic. Juko might be a little toxic because Juko's. That's two bad boys. Maybe they'll get each other on the right right track. Maybe they'll be like, I see myself in you, and that's how I'm able to see. Maybe. <laughs> that's like Danny Zuko and Kaniki. That's like Danny Zuko um, and Kaniki together. That's you know the best saying? comparison you can come up with. What's funny is I watched it just to rewatch an episode to get, you know, like reacquainted with it, and then I got right. sucked right in. So good. I got sucked, and I'm like, man, 
I'm, it is, it really honestly is not saying that because right. I was on it and you were on it. Uh, it just really is good. I mean, the comedy, the characters, the romance, the little, the comedic jabs, and then of course the Matrix style fighting. I know the hook um, swords. And I'm a They're big epic. fan. Oh, yeah, the hook swords are so great. Those, you know, because it's Jet didn't have, you know, I didn't have the, the powers you and the Yeah, the fact did, that you but, were uh, fighting the, 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 the Avatar abilities. and, like, you knocked him out against a tree branch and you don't even bend is pretty amazing. Yeah. I'll give the writers that credit, but um, <laughs> because that was awesome. Yep. I think you need a pair of those swords. G- give the people a little bit of a background because I know you came from on screen. How did you get into voice acting? Like, how did all that work out for you? Interesting enough. Uh, what brought me to California really? is a voiceover. I wanted to do acting. I was uh, modeling in New York as a little kid, um, a little uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, hey. Wilhelmina model, but was miserable doing it. It was not my vibe. I didn't like just sitting there and being told which way to point my chin. I was like, I want to create. I want to do something weird. <laughs> I want to have fun. And so they started getting me auditions, and my first job I booked was – the nice. young Ewan McGregor in the okay. film Robots, which was with like uh, Halle Berry and Amanda Bynes wow. and Drew Carey. And so the, uh, the young Rodney, Rodney's the main character, Ewan McGregor. And so I auditioned for it in New York and booked it. And so it, he played like the voice from 8 to 10, 11 to 13, 14. And I think I was 12 at the time. So um, when you watch it, I'm like the first six, seven minutes uh, of that feature film, and it filmed okay. at Fox Studios, uh, or recorded, recorded at Fox Studios. And um, that, they flew me out here to do that recording, and then I got some other auditions out here, and oh, I sure. booked uh, one of the first ones I had, a show called Judging Amy, Judging Amy, a yeah. CBS show at the time, and I played Amy's daughter's boyfriend, and then I was like, hey, this is going great. Um, I would much rather live here in L.A., and and audition for uh, voiceovers and on-camera stuff than be sitting in some warehouse in Soho uh, being told as a 12-year-old which way to point my chin. I was fortunate enough to where that worked enough to be able to, to afford to come out here and pursue the dream. Do you like playing the misguided or the evil characters more than playing the heroes? I mean, a lot of the time the answer kind of is yes, just because they're so interestingly written, right? And they get really fun stuff to do. Has that been your experience? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I can relate to Jet on a, uh, in a lot of ways. He's got the whole bad boy vibe, just the same as Zuko, but kind of just, you know, he's going to do what he wants going to take matters into his own hands right or wrong and you know he means well well we're also glad that worked out because you were a great jet even with no bending powers if you could bend an element if you were a bender you yourself what that's a good question do you think because i've thought bend? about that a lot um and the answer would be mm. water mm. yep i mean you're a surfer if you had said something else what would we have thought fire's not so bad fire's not so bad at all i mean well, what if you're cold? Bam, got a fire. I guess because you know the prince of the bad boys um, seems like the most dominant. Right. But when you think about how do you fight fire, it's water. So it's you can create steam or you can put it. Out. But you've done really good without any any banding jets. Top tier, top top tier guy in the world for sure. I can't believe he did as well as he did. I mean, those were serious martial arts Crazy. skills. 
that that Jed possessed because he had zero bending abilities. You know what's crazy about voice acting, you guys? Is like, you know, when we we're all we all do voice acting and we all do on screen acting. So obviously, when you do an on screen performance, people are like, you know, you did this thing. And yeah. You know, look, we don't do any of that. Stuff. That's all fake, also. But it's like us there. But it boosts our ego. Like if you play a superhero, you, yeah, it's, you save the day. You're like, yeah, I mean, I kind of yeah, feel like I saved the I, day, but not you didn't do it. It's just a character. But then with voice acting, it's just yeah, your yeah. voice. But guess what? <laughs> I'm still going to let it boost my ego like you, Crawford. Why not? <laughs> but, you know, my, my soul and my heart and my mind was there That's in nice. the voice that these was there. amazing it was all there. writers um, – an artist uh, and and yeah, animators, an you know, have brought to life. I'm gonna share it with them. I hope their egos are boosted too. Uh, they should. They should. They absolutely one thousand percent should. You know what? You know what that reminds me of though is is when they did the the season finale of of the final show, and I hadn't been on it in a, a season, and they did it at Paramount Studios, and they threw they threw that big event, and they had fire breathers and, and and dudes doing flips with swords, and they had the orchestra do it before it aired. The producers brought me behind the the jet one, and there were so many people lined up, and I was like, wow, I was so shocked because I was like, you know, I was like, I think six episodes or something out of these, you know, these this long running show, but um very memorable and had such an impact on on the fans that it was it was it was truly touching to see uh that everyone agreed that with my thought that you know Jets are Jets are badass you know <laughs> Jets, this guy this guy is a badass he doesn't need to be yes. in, in in every uh in every episode cuz you know I remember him from 3 ago and that guy is a badass yeah there's actually a lot of fanfic. There's some fanfic shit written on Jet for sure. Yeah. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Thank you so much, Crawford, for coming on. I enjoyed this very much. And I'm just thankful you guys had me on. And when Dante, you hit me up about this, is what got me started rewatching Avatar. And then, boom, I got sucked back in. I'm as big a fan as I was a small part of. So. Very uh, thankful and had a blast. And next week, we will be focusing on one of our favorite things about Avatar and Legend of Korra, the animals and the amazing man who voiced them and voiced many other characters as well, D. Bradley Baker. We'll see everybody next Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.